Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. The podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris and I am joined by our usual cast, Jim and Alberto. How's it going, Jim? Well, as we were talking before we came on the air, I am preparing for Dust Nato Geddon 2020 this weekend. <laughs> um, I have placed wet towels at every door entrance. I have um, secured 16 months worth of canned goods to prepare for this situation. I haven't really, but it's it's this crazy Dust Bowl thing that they're saying is coming up from some desert or something. It's like... I don't care. Just put some killer bees in it and make sure they have COVID and we're fine. So, I'm great. I try to be, I really try to be positive every week we do this show. I really, really do. But sometimes it's like, screw it. Let's just be honest. Yes. And it, <laughs> yes. we, we... So there you go, buddy. How you doing, Chris? <laughs> doing good. Doing good. Keeping busy as always. Uh, Alberto, what's going on with you? Oh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, <laughs> by now, I'm sure, I, think we, I don't think we've talked about it, but by now the, the KetoCon presentations have gone live for ticket holders. Mm-hmm. So like mine was in there, you know, I got a couple other guys in there. Uh, I bought my first pair of boots. So I think I'm a real Texan now. That was always fun. I always wanted a pair, never owned a pair. Now I own a pair. And um, now I'm finding reasons to wear pants when it's 100 degrees out because I want to wear my boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, Got my second pair of minimalist running shoes. I picked up some Morel Trail Glove Fives for just for um, jogging, and uh, I really like them. They're a little more sturdy than my Vibrams because the Vibrams it's like literally a tiny thin piece of rubber and the ground. So running in Vibrams is a very interactive experience because you need to carefully place each foot. Where these that are a little more sturdy, so like you know I don't got to worry about the little things like sidewalk cracks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that that's uh, that's certainly helpful because it it would give you the uh, the ability to uh, to not have to think so much. I've heard that before as well for some others before. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Oh, <laughs> it was uh, actually uh, the in in uh, you can't it can't hurt me. It was David Goggins, and he was he was saying you know he 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 didn't wear the right shoes. And so he's having to watch out for every crack and twig on the, the uh, hurt 100 that he was running in, in Hawaii. And it was, it was like, go, he was going to die if he didn't pay, pay attention to every single step. So it is painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I can imagine having something a little more sturdy would be good in all of that. I've thought about the, um, I've seen these these running shoes or trail shoes that are supposedly um, like nail proof and and all of that type of thing. So I, I haven't uh, really looked at them deeply, but I, I was I was curious at least to to see you know if they were actually good or not at some point in in, in time. If I was to 
be out in the elements and running. I, I'm not usually out in the elements and running, and that's why I also take very high dose, doses of vitamin D uh, <laughs> because I am not out in the sun enough. Anyway, that's enough rambling from me because I'm all over the place. Um, so let's get into shout outs real quick, and then we'll dive in to the story of our guest. Um, so let's start with Alberto. I'm going with a new member, uh, John Eric uh, P. Last name starts with a P. Uh, started keto in 2018, went from 391 pounds to 160 pounds. Mm. I'll let that sink in for a minute because that's insane. But yeah, I posted a transformation picture. It doesn't even look like the same dude. He looks like he his body handled the weight loss phenomenally well. And I mean... That's that's an achievement on its own. I really don't think I need to say a whole lot else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's absolutely absolutely awesome work. So uh, definitely really cool stuff there. Jim, how about you? Um, I actually have two. The first one is uh, Brady Adams, who posted a before and after this week. His starting weight was just shy of uh, 350 pounds. Current weight is around 200 um, he started in January of 2019, so he's dropped about 150 pounds in a year and a half. Uh, truly, does it? You couldn't even tell it's the same guy between the two pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and I, Brady, I, I apologize in advance. He is from Canada, but it, and on his Facebook profile it says he is from Upper Island Cove, Newfoundland, and Labrador. Now, I don't know if Labrador and Newfoundland are two different spots or what exactly, but Hey, to the Canadians of the Keto Men's Club, you get your shout out there. Um, The other quick shout out I have is to um, my friend and co-host, Alberto, because I had, I got, I got real mail a few days ago. (laughs) Real mail. I was just talking about that this morning with Yvette. Yeah. So I have not opened this yet. So, and, I, and I'm on a headset, so I don't know. If, and of course, oh, it's a sticky, like you don't have to rip it kind of thing. But anyway, Alberto sent me real mail a couple days ago that um, is a sticker, if you will, for my car that is freaking the TKMC logo on mm-hmm. it. Oh, heck yeah. So, um, and. Uh, and he gave me XOXOXO on the letter. So you know, <laughs> our, our relationship is going to a new level. So, <laughs> so thank you, Alberto. That is awesome, man. Much appreciated. Oh, you're very welcome. Who's your shout out, Chris? Yeah, my shout out is going to go to uh, Mario Salazar. He, uh, he posted a Transformation Tuesday uh, post of, of himself. He's a fairly new member to the main group, and, and he, he shows nine pictures month to month. Uh, so it was presumably nine months to, from start to, to finish or to the last picture. And we we even had some internal conversations uh, among some of the guys saying, is that Photoshop? Like, is that real? Uh, because it, it really is a major transformation for sure. Um, but uh, Mario, he uh, really did. A, a, he, he's doing awesome work. Yeah, for however long it's been, he didn't give any numbers or anything, but the the transformation is quite visible, and that's uh, you know, outside or inside, it doesn't really matter. Uh, transformation is transformation, and you can. I, I want to applaud any of those that that we can because when we take take the reins of our lives and make make changes, that's awesome. 
uh, that's it for me. So let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, welcome our guest today, Devin Woodle. He has been a member of the group for a while. Welcome to the show. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, so let's let's be honest. We've had to be a little hard on you um, at different times. Uh, you're one of the members of, of Alberto's uh, uh, Alberto and, and uh, uh, completely blanking out on his <gasps> David Blake David. was going to be so yeah. mad. David, uh, just yeah, David's uh, David's boot camp. I, I almost had the last name before I had the first name because I'm just horrible with names. Uh, but you were one of the first members in 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 that group, and and we've been pretty vocal about that. But um, you know, we we you've been around and you've had your struggles, but you, you've been finding a way to uh, uh, finding a way to to make it i.e. the keto thing work for you so but let, let's zoom out a little bit let's 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 go ahead and share a little bit about who you are where you are um how how life was growing up that type of thing before getting into trying to reclaim your health journey yeah sure so just to kind of start from the beginning um as a kid it's it's kind of humorous to me now but it wasn't then it was it was a serious issue um, I would, it didn't matter where I went, whose house I was at, what family member, how long it had been since I had seen them. If they had anything in their pantry that I knew I wasn't supposed to eat, I was going to find a way to get it. And, um, and that started around eight or 10 years old and just continued to build and build and build and build. And finally, I think I was in middle school, um, so, um, so yeah, my dad, you know, we, we went to this counselor and of course my mom has kind of always aired on the side of, you know, we don't, we don't need a counselor. We don't need to go to the doctor, you know, throw some turpentine on it and, uh, and everything will be fine. You know, that's kind of how she handled things. So she kind of laughed me out the door with the counselor idea, but my dad, uh, it was something that he was definitely, uh, willing to, to help me pursue. So we went, it was just a one-time thing. And he basically just told me that I had issues at home, that I had weird uh, relationship issues with, with parents, one or both parents, and, you know, just a bunch of other stuff that I, I either don't remember or don't care to go into. So um, essentially what came from that was, okay, we thought he had issues with food. Maybe they're not as bad as we thought they were, but still it's something that we need to work through. So at that point, it just became a, you know, whenever I was at, I, my mom had primary custody. She cooked every night, home cooked meal, um, you know, mashed potatoes, corn, you know, macaroni and cheese, that kind of stuff. Quick, easy week, weekday meals. Um, that's kind of what I grew up on. Uh, I failed to mention that I'm, I'm in the southeastern part of the United States. I live in uh, Vidalia, Georgia. If, uh, if you guys are familiar with the Vidalia sweet onion, um, that's where I'm at. That's about the only thing Vidalia is known for. There's not much else here. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> fast forward a little bit. Um, now I'm in high school. Um, I'm creeping up on 300 pounds. I carry it well. Um, I was a really good sax player uh, back in back in grade school, and that took up most of my time. And that that kind of became who I was. That was my personality. When whenever people heard my name, they just kind of associated that with the band and with saxophone and, um, and, uh, you know, I took a lot of pride in that. So that was kind of the forefront. And 
that was that was always the excuse, um, you know, to not being active. I never did sports because I always did band. So instead of you know kids that would go out and and play um, you know flag football on weekends, Devin was in his room practicing saxophone, and I would not change that for the world, you know, um, because that you know music is a big part of my life. But I say that to say it gave me an excuse to sit on my butt for four hours straight while other kids. Yeah, some kids play video games, but um, that was my video game. That was the thing that got me, you know, to sit inside and and kind of drown out the world. Um, and it was good in some ways, but in, in a lot of ways it was not. So uh, when I graduated high school, I was about 300 pounds. Um, I Three days after I graduated, I moved to uh, college, got a full-ride scholarship to go to nursing school, got in on my first shot. Um, but it was my first time living alone outside of my parents' home. And I was a goody two-shoes growing up. I didn't do anything, you know, didn't drink, didn't smoke. Um, and I didn't hang out, hang out with people that did because I was too worried about my uh, potential career in music. And <clears throat> so anyway, yeah, so I got out on my own. I started drinking. I started partying. Um, you know, I, I was, was offered things that I'd never been offered before. And so I was in situations that I'd never been in before and I didn't know how to deal uh, with these situations because it was, it was kind of a culture shock, if you will. So, um, of course that just compounded with the, the food issues that I had and, and they just became, you know, more and more prevalent. And it was something that I would kind of just dismiss by just consuming more food. I was just kind of trying to bury myself in it. And, um, and so at some point or another, and I may have hit this number twice, um, at some point or another, I hit 400 pounds. Um, I know last year, uh, around October, um, that's, that's about, I think the, the highest I've ever seen myself was 402. And that was just from years of abusing my body, essentially. I mean, I was told, and I, I forgot to uh, mention this, but I went to a doctor, I believe it was an endocrinologist. Um, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent, but I went to a doctor when I was really young. I mean, elementary school, maybe early middle school. And this doctor told me, he said, or told my parents, he said he will either have to get on the treadmill every single night for the rest of his life, or he'll have to live off of, you know, vegetables. I mean, he, he's always going to have a problem with his weight. His body does not like sugar. Um, his body does not, my, apparently my body does not metabolize sugar. I don't know if that's something that changes uh, when you get older. I know usually when you get older, your metabolism slows down. So that's probably what's happening. It's probably worse now than it was then. Um, but anyway, like I said, my mom was never really one to pursue any kind of uh, medical, you know, any, any recommendations or anything. For instance, when I was in high school, I had to go and get my physical for band. Well, I couldn't go to my normal doctor. Um, he was more wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. This, this new person I had to go to was a little bit more thorough. And so they started, you know, evaluating things for the first time and said, whoa, you're, um, you know, you meet all the biomarkers for, you know, pre-diabetes. Um, let's, let's bring you in for some blood work. And my mom, my mom was just kind of like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll be back. We'll schedule that. And, you know, we just kind of hurried out the door. And from that point on, you know, she owned a coffee shop where there were fresh pastries every morning. And so I would just go in and get what I wanted. And um, and that was just how I lived my life. Um, so anyway, fast forward to uh, last year, 
I've kind of yo-yoed up and down. I, you know, I lived in Atlanta for a little while and had a buddy that was studying to be a personal trainer. So he kind of made me his project. We worked out together. We spent a lot of time together. So, you know, if I ever had anything that he knew I wasn't supposed to be eating, he would smack it out of my hand or, you know, confront me about it. Kind of like what Alberto does uh, <laughs> virtually right now. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, um, and that, that was a beautiful thing. It got me down to 307 pounds. Um, but it was not, obviously I couldn't like stick him in my pocket and take him everywhere that I went. Um, I, I guess for the right amount of money, I probably could have, but, um, anyway, so I ended up moving back home and put on a lot of that weight. I, I was kind of in a sedentary role, uh, with a, within a school system. And, uh, as a paraprofessional, I wasn't on my feet a whole lot and just ballooned back up and kind of bounced from job to job, um, over the last year or two. But last October, um, after I moved home this most recent time, um, I, I remember stepping on a scale at a doctor's office and I was over 400 pounds. And I just remember thinking, holy cow, I never want to see this number again. Like this is, this is that, um, this is that tipping point, you know, um, it's like you either, you either step back and you fix some things and you go the right direction and you get this weight off or you just continue stuffing your face and your parents are going to end up burying you like that. That was what I was confronted with. And anybody that's ever been there, you know, that is not a good feeling. I worked with a lady that, um, and this is, <clears throat> this is kind of morbid, but you know, this is just what it is. I worked with a lady that had a son that was around my age, 23, 22, 23. And about my weight at that time, I was about 390 pounds he weighed 388 when he got in this accident. He was going down the road and uh, 23 years old now, going down the road and had a massive heart attack and ran off the road um, and and hit like a, a driveway, ran up on a driveway and, uh, and wrapped his truck around a tree and died uh, because of the accident. And I remember thinking, if I do not do something, that is going to be me. You know, I have enough... I have enough medical issues, um, you know, poor medical history in my family that I know that if I continue, if I had continued to go down the path that I was going, that I was going to, you know, fall right into those shoes. Um, I was going to end up with hypertension, with diabetes, um, you know, out of control cholesterol, you know, all of those things that all of my, you know, relatives dealt with, those were going to be issues that I was bound to have two if I didn't change something. So it was just kind of a wake up call. And I just started making healthier decisions, um, in, in what I ate. Um, honestly, just really started eating less. Um, I cut out all extra sugars, um, the muffins and pastries and stuff that I would eat at the coffee shop, cut that out. I just switched to regular black coffee with a little bit of cream. Um, so I just initially I just made small changes and then as I'm sure you guys know the word keto has bounced around for years and years and and it's kind of a you know I hate it but it's it's almost become sort of a fad you know people get on it and then get off of it and that's exactly what I did I got on it and then I'd get off of it and I'd get on it and I'd get off of it um and then at some point in one of those get back on the horse moments I got <laughs> And everybody does this, you know, I got on Facebook 
and I just typed in keto on Facebook and just looked for groups and every single group that I found that I felt like was relevant to me. Um, I, you know, I tried to join and everybody says this, but it's the truth. And everybody out there will agree. The keto man's club is hands down the best keto group on Facebook, in my opinion. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of Carrie Brown. Um, I love her and Yogi and those guys are great, but I'm telling you, you guys just do a great job of, of, keeping the good in and the bad out. Um, whenever, whenever I'm feeling lazy or like, you know, have a lack of motivation or, you know, want to go eat a piece of chocolate cake, I get on the, the page and then I picture like Alberto in the corner of my house, like staring at me and the combination of those two things usually does the trick. So um, no, but no, seriously, you guys do a really good job of moderating everything and, um, I mean, the group honestly kind of self-moderates. I know when I, when I first joined, it was funny because like you'd get one guy that would say, you know, something and, and then another guy would say the same thing, agreeing with him. And then it would just kind of become a conversation. And so that's how I learned a lot. You know, um, <laughs> I'm sure if I went back and looked some of my early posts, I think I, at one point or another said, what can I have at Starbucks? Um, which I later found out was, was, not a, was not a great thing. But um, I've, I've since graduated. So um, had, had TKMC Beginners been around when I first started, that probably would have been more in my wheelhouse, but, um, but it wasn't. So you guys took me in and, uh, and you've taught me a lot. Um, <clears throat> so that, that kind of brings us to where we are now. Um, right now, I, um, I'm being challenged. Um, to do a 60 day strict carnivore run. Um, I don't know how many days I'm, I'm in right now. Um, but it's, it's honestly going pretty good. I, and this is going to sound funny, but I think my body prefers keto. Um, I, I feel really good on carnivore and, um, you know, I don't have as much joint pain. I'm not spending as much time on my feet right now either. Um, but I don't have as much joint pain. Um, I don't have the, the brain fog and fatigue when I first wake up in the morning. Um, you know, I'm mentally clear, a little bit sharper, but I, I almost feel like my, as far as my gut is concerned, I almost feel like I do better when I, when I do have some, some leafy green vegetables. So that may be something that, that I look at for, uh, for long-term. Um, but for now I'm just gonna, you know, kick this challenge's ass and, um, and see if I can't, you know, right now I'm sitting at about, I, it's kind of funny. I threw away my scale, which some may call that taboo. Um, but I, I threw away my scale finally, uh, because it's kind of funny. I got on it one morning and I was like, hell yeah. You know, I was in the three twenties and, and I was down to like three seventeen, And I was like, man, I, I must've just taken a really big crap yesterday or something. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember doing anything too crazy, you know, but, um, but I was like, hell yeah, this is great. So I stepped off and, and just for some reason, I thought, well, you know, just to make sure, let me get back on just to check. It was like 325. And I was like, this is some bull crap. Like I'm trashing this thing right now. And truth be told, I still like kept it for like two days. And then I was like, you know what? I need to throw it away. So I tossed it in the trash can and, uh, and I haven't really weighed myself since. If I had to guess, I would say that I'm hovering around 
320, 325, somewhere around there. Um, but at this point, you know, like you guys often say, I'm not interested as much in weight. Uh, even though I'm chasing 299 right now, I'm not interested as much in that as I am overall optimal health. Um, I don't know what my goal weight is. You know, my dad's a big guy. He's 6'2", 220. You know, he was in the Marine Corps, always had softballs in his arms and, you know, just took really, really good care of himself. Um, so I've always said that 220 would kind of be my sweet spot, but I don't know that. Um, you know, we'll just have to see right now. Um, you know, they say the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step right now. It's just that first chunk, um, you know, getting through this. I, well, I guess it's the second chunk because, you know, I started at 400 pounds and I'm down to 320. So that's, that's a pretty good size chunk. Um, but I'm only about a third of the way in. So, um, I would like to get down to 299 and just kind of evaluate and see where I need to go from there. Um, to really make this a lifestyle and get the rest of this weight off. Should we slow clap now? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's been a great interview. Thank you all. Talk to you next week. Bye. -bye. Uh, <laughs> that that was a lot of of great information, Jim. You had some other some questions in response, though, to some of it. So my. I wanted to stop you earlier, Devin, but I didn't. Um, Chris and Alberto told me not to. That's okay. Um, so um, you talked about I, – I was writing some things down. You talked about your tipping point as being the the 400 on the scale. Tell me why your tipping point was the number on the scale versus what we've heard from other guys of I couldn't find – pants that fit versus I couldn't wear the shirt that I wore the summer before versus countless other things. Why was the 400 your tipping point? Honestly, this is, this may sound kind of goofy. Um, but honestly, like I said, my dad was always super fit, took really, really good care of himself. Um, and so anytime I would go hang out with him, there would always be, you know, we've always had a good relationship. He's, he's a great dad. Um, wouldn't trade him for the world, but there's always been like this, this looming remark, like anytime there was any, um, dead silence, <laughs> which to be honest, wasn't very often between he and I, but, um, when there was the way that he filled it was by saying, if you don't, if you don't get control of this, you're going to be 400 pounds. And he would just continually say things like that, you know, you, you, you know, you keep going, you're going to be 400 pounds before you know it, you're going to hit 400 pounds, things like that. And so I just kind of had that number in my head. Now, don't get me wrong, Jim. I was, you know, I was still dealing with all of those, those other issues. You know, I, I don't think I, I ever even went in the Husky section. I think I just went straight to big and tall, you know, like I just, um, I, it's kind of funny. My stepdad was always a small guy and, I got his hand-me-downs, you know, he would, he would, um, I would kind of grow into his clothes. So it was just, it was kind of an interesting way to grow up. Um, but I guess the, the, you know, the short way to answer that is it was just my dad constantly saying before, you know, it, you know, things like that, you'll, you'll be 400 pounds. And so I just kind of, in my mind, that number meant, okay, I've, I'm at that point where if I don't change something, this is going to get out of control. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Well, let me just Fair add point. a quick comment about uh, sounding goofy. Like it, it does. Believe me when I say this, it, it does not matter where motivation comes from. Like half of the the stupid stuff that I post about that people are like, oh man, like you did that, you know, beast this that. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff is because someone told me I couldn't. And something about certain things when someone tells me I can't is just like, okay, well now I have to. Now that is definitely a lot more stupid <laughs> and goofy than, than what you're talking about. You know, that was a comment that stuck with you that definitely changed you for the better. I have a tendency of doing things that I could potentially injure myself <laughs> pretty good <laughs> just because someone had said something that kind of sticks in my brain. <laughs> so you're, you're on the right track, man. You got to find any little detail it takes. That's going to drive you forward and, and keep rocking. And if that's what it took, it's, it's not goofy at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to say too, like, um, <clears throat> It was always, I would always be really upset with my dad in the moment um, because it was just like, it just felt like, okay, he's calling me fat. Like, that's what he's saying. But what he was really saying was, hey, I care about you. I want you to live a long time. You know, let's, let's get a hold on this. And there were times that my dad would, you know, he would say, let's, let's start so and so. Let's, let's, me and you, we'll hit the track together. You know, he tried to, make those moves um, to get me going in the right direction. But it just, it just never worked that way. Um, we just never were very close. And, and I always kind of found an excuse, usually the saxophone um, to get out of doing any kind of physical exercise. So, um, you know, my parents have always been supportive, anything that I ever wanted to do. And I'm really, you know, I was kind of reflecting on that today. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, take for granted their their parents or think that that's just something that everybody has but the fact of the matter is it's something that most people don't have you know when i worked in the school system most of the kids that i worked with and i'm sure that there's there's a reason this is the relationship between these two things is the way it is but most of the kids that i worked with who had mental disorders also had broken families so you know dad was an alcoholic or Mom was a drug addict. Um, I had two sets of really, really good parents. You know, I had my mom uh, married my stepdad when I was super, super young. Um, and then my dad got married about 10 years ago. So, you know, it's, it's, I've been really fortunate in that sense. And anytime I ever tried to get on the wagon, get back up and get on the wagon, they were always there to support me. My dad would always say, you know, if you need exercise clothes, let me know. Um, you know, if you, if you need help with your gym membership, let me know. Uh, if you want me to help you do some grocery shopping, let me know. Things like that. You know, a lot of people don't have that. You know, I've got a buddy I used to work with. He, his dad was evicted and, and he was the one that went and helped his dad out. You know, that's, that's the situation a lot of people are in. And fortunately for me, that was never my issue. If anything, it was, it was mama's cooking was too good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it was, it was things like that versus, uh, man, I don't know what I'm going to eat tonight or, or how are we going to pay bills this, you know, this month? We never had excess, but we always had just enough. If that makes sense. Yeah. It, and, and that's kind of one of those things that, that I was the same way. I, my, my family took very, very good care of, um, of, of, of us. And, and we had everything that we ever needed, there, there was never a lack and my, I still managed to gain a whole bunch of weight. I still, you know, now 
that doesn't mean that I didn't have issues, obviously. That doesn't mean right. that I didn't have, uh, you know, things that, that drove me to have the things that I deal with and uh, in, in that can probably contributed to my lack of self-control and therefore, you know, gaining the weight that I did. So for, for you, it, it, it sounds like you, you, you had the good, the supportive family. Was it almost too supportive at times? Um, yeah. And that's kind of what I was saying with the, the, the cooking was too, too good. You know, I, I grew up in the South. Um, obviously my mom grew up in the South. Um, you know, she grew up on a farm, so there was always fresh beef. Um, we always kind of laughed because steak has always been this, this thing. It's always had like this, uh, this air attached to it where if you were eating steak, then you were doing really well for yourself. You know, poor people couldn't afford steak. They could only get, you know, maybe chicken or, or, you know, eggs, stuff like that. Um, but they ate good. They had steak all the time, but it was because every year they were able to go in the, go in the, the pasture in the backyard and, and just pick one out. Um, so it was always kind of funny to her that people thought that if you were eating steak, that you were, you were wealthy because they were by no means wealthy. They were always very, very poor. Um, but like I said, always had just enough uh, to get by, you know, they never starved. They never went to bed hungry because they, you know, my grandfather knew how to live off of the land. So when I was coming up, if I, you know, if I got done with my plate, first of all, I have a Southern mom who was always the one to say, if you put it on your plate, you're going to eat it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not going to hold her against, hold that against her. That's just, that's how she was raised. That's how her mom was. Um, there's, there's so, a lot that comes from a lot of people that, that either survived or, or were raised by people who survived through the depression because during the depression, everything was so scarce. They just didn't have a chance. Yeah. And, and so that, that was just kind of the way we operated. And, and usually I, you know, I didn't get that lecture very often. Um, if I put it on my plate, I was going to eat it and then I was going to, you know, start fishing for you know, leftovers on someone else's plate or, or going back to the stove myself. Um, and, and no one ever said, Hey, you know, my, now my dad would, my dad would, you know, kind of, I would always, if we ever went to a restaurant, I would just say, I'll take whatever you're having. And that sounds so cheesy, but it was, it was because he, I knew that if I had what he had, then he accepted that, that he was okay. And, and that, that, that would be okay with him. And I wouldn't have to worry about any kind of rude comments. Um, versus he goes to a restaurant, gets a grilled chicken sandwich. And I go to a restaurant and get a double bacon cheeseburger and <laughs> with my diet Coke. And, you know, we go sit down and I have to, I have to watch him glare at me the entire time I'm eating my hamburger. <laughs> you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't care for that. But as far as my mom, you know, when I was at her house, if she cooked, I ate and it was always good. And it seemed like, you know, no matter how little she cooked, if I ever wanted more, more was always there. Um, so that's, that's just kind of how things worked out. Like I said, my parents were very supportive. Um, my dad pushed, excuse me, my dad pushed really hard for me to play ball. Um, because like I said, I've always been big. Um, I'll tell you guys a quick story just, just for humor purposes. Um, when I was, I was growing up, my dad wanted me to play, you know, league. He wanted me to play ball, uh, football. Cause I was, I was big and, and I guess that's just what big kids did. And so 
uh, we, we signed up and it was a horrible experience. I hated every second of it. I'll never forget. I was at a game and there was this guy across from me and, and I, I know him to this day, but there was this guy across from me that was just as big, if not bigger. And he always looked mad. It didn't matter where you saw him. He was mad about something. He just had that face. And so I knew every time he came for me, I was going to hit the dirt. And so <laughs> I just tried to find ways to avoid him. But anyway, I was at practice one day <laughs> and my coach pulled me to the side. And I, I still know this guy. We still talk about this to this day. He pulled me to the side. My mom was standing right there and he said, Devin, son, I want you to, and I was probably in middle school, maybe. He said, I want you to tell me what really like grinds your gears, what really just makes you madder than fire. You know, I think he was going for like a water boy top deal here, but it just kind of, <laughs> it just didn't work out that way. Cause I looked at him square in the eye. I looked at my mom and almost as if she knew what I was thinking. And I looked back at my coach and real intensely, as I'm looking him in the eye, I say, hey, I really don't like it when my little sister takes the remote from me. <laughs> so, so he patted me on the shoulder and he said, you just go play ball, boy. And that's exactly what I did. I finished out that season and I tried to stay away from that guy across the line from me. And, uh, and I made it through. But I say all that to say, um, yes, my parents were very supportive. Um, but when it came to you know, doing something, if I started it, I was going to finish it. There was no, you know, you don't, you don't pay the rec league fees and then decide halfway through the first month that you're not going to do it anymore. No, mama's done wrote that check. You're going to finish the season out. That's just how that works. And that's how I was raised. Um, you know, so I always had a lot of support from my family. Um, you know, I went, I had lessons, piano lessons once a week for three years, five years. And that was a hundred dollars a month that my mom invested in me. So, um, you know, I always had really, really supportive parents. Wouldn't change that for the world. Um, but I think had I grown up with my dad, one, our relationship would be totally different. My relationship with my mom would be totally different, but I think that I would be probably in a healthier place. Um, because he's just, he just thinks really consciously about everything he eats. And he, he does a really good job. He doesn't count calories or anything like that. He does a really good job of like just knowing, okay, yesterday I had X, Y, and Z, or I ate at that really greasy Mexican restaurant, whatever. Today I'm just going to have a salad or I'm going to have some tuna salad or, you know, maybe just eat an apple. And so he's really good at that intuitive eating, like knowing, okay, yesterday I ate super unhealthy. Today I'm going to balance it out a little bit, or maybe I'll fast, or I'll just have coffee for breakfast. Um, instead of just gorging himself every single day. So he pretty much eats what he wants, um, but he, he mixes in a little exercise and he's just conscious about everything that, that goes in his body. And I think that's the reason he, he looks as good as he does to be, you know, <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear it, but as old as he is. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, man. That is really cool. And just a tossing a little comment there, that whole like carnivore gut issue thing, that's perfectly normal and, and that'll change in, mm -hmm. in a little bit once once you kinda gotta get the, the gut to adjust a little bit. So that's so that's why uh how long is this challenge going for? Sixty days. Yeah, so there you go. That's why uh that challenge is going for that long, because if it was only thirty days, then you would barely get past that mm -hmm. hump before you got to start seeing any major benefit of it. 
Yeah. Right. You may have to play with your fat content too a little bit on that type of thing. Sometimes start start by tapering it down if you need to, then taper it back up, actually going the other direction and see what, what helps you the most. But yeah, it, it's normal to have some changes there because your your body's having to completely <laughs> completely do different work uh completely do different different work when all it's it's not getting any fiber it's not getting any fiber to to help it do what it has previously had fiber to do right yeah so you've been you it, what what are some of the things that have surprised you the most about keto or carnivore um whether it be food or, or your body's reaction or or whatnot Hmm. Um, the, let's see. <laughs> so Alberta will appreciate this. I found out that no matter how much or how often I eat ribeye steak, it always tastes just as good. Like always. I, it doesn't even matter. Like I can burn the ever loving out of it and it still tastes good. Like, I don't know how no other food is like that. You know, if you burn anything else, I mean, some people, I have a customer at Rialto that he prefers like burnt filet. And I think he's a psychopath, but that's his preference, <laughs> you know? Yeah, keep away from so, that guy. <laughs> yeah. So um, those are not people that you want to be friends with. But for me, <laughs> <laughs> for me, I can eat a ribeye steak at three o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon or at eight o'clock at night on a Friday, you know, in a busy steakhouse. It does not matter. I'm always going to love it. So, and that's kind of really cheesy, you know, funny thing to say, um, on a more serious note, um, once your body, and this has only happened to me a couple of times because I was, <laughs> I was consistently inconsistent when I first started keto. And I remember Dan Cordova, he, he told me, I, I posted something and I said that in a comment or in the post, I said, I'm consistently inconsistent. And he said, well, then you're not keto. <laughs> he said, if you're, if you're consistently eating things that you know are not keto, then you're not keto. You're not living in a ketogenic state. You're not in ketosis. You're not getting any of the benefits from this diet. The only thing you're doing is confusing the hell out of your metabolism. And so once I saw that and I thought about it, um, I, you know, I said to myself, well, if that's all I'm doing, then I need to stop and I need to figure out what I'm going to do and where I'm going to go with this, what my goals are, and and find a way to achieve them. And about that time, um, I got a message from Alberto that said, hey, I'm doing this thing in January. I don't know a whole lot about what it's going to be yet, but you're you're doing it too. And I was like, okay, sounds, you know, I mean, I, I don't know him. I didn't know him very well at the time, but, you know, I was seeing his post on, on the, in the group and I'm thinking, well, this guy obviously knows what he's doing. You know, he's been doing this a while. Um, and so that ended up being a really good thing. I think I probably lost, I went from 385 at the beginning of the year to about 335, 340. So right at, you know, 45, 50 pounds lost in, you know, just the two or three months that we did that. So that was, that was a really cool experience. Um, and it also taught me uh, the importance of accountability and, you know, I think that is the, the other really cool thing that I like about keto. I was telling somebody the other day, I just call you guys my friends. Like, I don't say my Facebook friends. I don't say, you know, the guy, sometimes I'll say the keto group I'm in or a keto buddy. But most of the time I just say a buddy of mine. You know, when I talk about Alberta or Chris or, 
you know, some of the other guys in the group, I was talking to a buddy of mine and it's kind of funny how that happened. You know, I heard somebody say one time, you know, 40, 50 years ago, I don't know, it may have been longer than that, but you know, a few years ago you couldn't, you know, you couldn't get on a plane and fly to the other side of the world. Um, as talking with a missionary friend of mine, he said, but now we're, we can get anywhere in the world in less than 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it kind of puts things into, into perspective. I have a friend that, you know, lives in Hong Kong and I can message her and, and we have conversations all the time. Um, so I just say that to say, it's super cool that I can on, on a daily basis, I can interact with people that live, you know, I think Austin, Texas is about 15 hours from me. So it's super cool that I can just send out a Facebook message in a, in a group and, you know, within 10 or 15 minutes, I've got three or four different responses um, from guys that have been doing this a lot longer than I have and have, have already come out on the other side of it. So, yes, sir. So uh, how do you feel about the way I talk to you online? <laughs> <laughs> now the therapy begins. <laughs> no, and, and, and here's the only, Sometimes... the only reason I bring this up. The only reason I bring this up is because like no, no one knows. You know, there's a handful of guys that know, but like, we always joke, like, like I'm old enough to, I would have had to have a young, I would have to have been young when I had a child, but I could literally be, be his dad. And, and Devin needs direction and I'm not nice when someone keeps needing direction over and over and over again. So I, I legit went, took the door off the hinges, oh. tough love on Devin for a few months now. Yeah. And, and I, honestly, it's one of those things where if someone were to read the messages back and forth, <laughs> oh. they would think that I'm probably like verbally abusing this guy. But <laughs> without the context of knowing our relationship, like it's it's completely uh, different. But but feel you free to tell me how you feel about me, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> this is a safe I... space, Devin. By the way, so. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how I really feel. No, but um, I you know honestly, I think that, and that's why I said, you know accountability is so important. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian. Um, and in the church, it's, it's the same way. You know, if you find a brother and he's struggling through something, um, you, you go to him and you say, Hey, look, I've been through this. I I've come out on the other side. Let me help you. This is going to be tough. Um, you know, that's why former drug addicts make the best you know, counselors through people that have drug addictions because they know what they're experiencing and they can talk them through it. And while Alberto has a different story than I do, um, it wasn't so much obesity as it was, you know, his illness that he dealt with, but he, he still had the, you know, the struggles, the figuring it, you know, taking two, three months to really dial in macros. And I still don't even know that I've done that um, because quite frankly, I haven't been consistent enough. Um, so I need somebody to call me out on things like that. And, you know, had you, you know, the first time I asked a stupid question, had you booted me out of the boot camp, then, you know, maybe I wouldn't have lost that 50 pounds and I would still be at 400 pounds right now. Um, or I would be back up to 400 pounds. So in some ways, I appreciate the fact that you're such an asshole, but some days, <laughs> But, and but some we've days. gone too explicit. <laughs> sometimes some it's, rather, days, it's rather explicit sometimes. So. But some days I'm like, gosh darn it, if it was anybody else that was talking to me this way, I'd be like, you know what? I'm leaving this group message 
But because it's Alberto, he's like, he's like earned his right. So, and I asked him so many stupid questions when I first started that boot camp that if anybody has a right to talk to me the way that he does, it's him. <laughs> well, it's, it's all in love, man. I know I tell you that, I tell you that often, but I want to oh, see man. you succeed. I want to see all you guys succeed. And, and you know, if you have questions, I'm going to answer them. And, you know, just, you sometimes just, some people need to be a little more direct and, and you you tend to respond to it well. I mean, if I was legitimately hurting your feelings, I I, I would definitely, you know, tone it back a few notches, but obviously yeah. you can yeah, take no it doubt. and you snap right back at me. So it, it works. Well, <laughs> and that's, that's kind of the funny thing too. I know, um, Chris, you mentioned David Goggins. Mm-hmm. So I recently purchased the audiobook, and for all of you guys or, or gals, um, that are, you know, listening to this, I highly recommend David Goggins audiobook. You got to get the audiobook because there's mm-hmm. there's so much um there's so much stuff like stuff that he that he went through that he doesn't talk about in the book that he talks about between chapters. Kind of does it like a, an audiobook and kind of a podcast. So, it's just it's super dope. So, any of you got I'm just going to plug that real real fast. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not getting a kickback or anything. That would be cool though. Um <laughs> maybe I should send an email. Anyway, so um go go check that book out listen to it you know find you some free time and and you know just just relax and and listen to that dude's story yeah i i I consumed that book in about a week maybe a week and a half of quote off time um which i don't have much of so it's not the longest book in the world and i absolutely agree the the fact that his ghostwriter and him sit down in between and sometimes in the middle of a chapter, the ghostwriter just says, Hey, wait, we, we've got to stop here for a second and talk about this. Yeah. And they relate, you know, they relive some of that that experience and and hash it out and kind of dig a little bit deeper into certain things. And it's really uh instructional, really lets you get into David's head. Um and the the man is a beast, uh, but he's a beast because he chose to be. He right. chose the least uh, the path of least resistance and to master himself and to build up the callus of the mind. And, and those are all things that I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to read that 50 more times to really, truly yeah. get it all. But yeah, same. I'm starting to see where I need to work. And well, and there's, there's, and I heard somebody say one time that there's two types of people in this world. There's thinkers and there's doers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I'm a thinker. Um, Alberta is a doer that I'm not, I'm not calling you dumb. I'm just saying that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, there's people that think and there's people that do. Um, I usually, uh, think, and (laughs) if I do, I usually do it before I think. So usually it doesn't work out anyway. Um, but I say all that to say, I mentioned David Goggins because the style that he used in that book was not for the faint of heart. When he wrote that, he (laughs) was, He wasn't talking to like 14 year old little girls. He was like, he was talking to the kid that, you know, didn't have, didn't think that he had much future. He was talking to, you know, the kid that just got into a fight with his mom or, you know, the kid that gets abused by his dad. Those are the people that he was talking to. But the way that he uh, shared his message just resonated with me. So I almost think that I have, I'm, you know, the type of person that needs somebody to get in my face and say, look, this is what you're doing and this is what you need to do. Why, why aren't you doing something that's going to bring you closer to where you want to be? And so that's kind of the question that I have to ask myself every day. Okay, is, is this, 
is this XYZ, is it worth it? Um, you know, I legitimately, you guys think I'm playing, but during that boot camp, I legitimately had like Alberto's voice in my ear. Like whenever I was going to eat something that I knew I wasn't allowed to eat, I'm like, dang, I got to track this. And then when I send him my screenshot, I'm going to have to like position the camera so that he can't see that, you know, I ate X, Y, and Z. Like, so, um, you know, little things like that. It was just like, you know what? I'm not even going to go through the trouble. It's not worth eating if it's not worth tracking. So I, I just started to avoid those things. And <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's guys that, you know, do yicama and, and, and potatoes and, you know, keto desserts and keto ice cream and rubber's great. I love it. But, you know, sometimes you just want the real thing. Sometimes I just want to load up on French fries because that's my weakness. But I know that the next day, you know, I'm going to feel like garbage. My body is going to be confused. My metabolism is going to be confused wanting to know, you know, hey, what's up? Um, and it's almost like you wake up after a night of, of heavy drinking. It's the same. You feel the same way. Um, so it's just, um, I think it, it all kind of worked out the way that, uh, the way that he and I address each other, each other, it just kind of, it just kind of works. You know, I'm, I'm not by no means am I soft spoken. Um, obviously there, I mean, there haven't been many gaps in the conversation, so I, I don't mind, <laughs> you know, I don't mind talking and I don't, I don't mind telling people how I feel. Um, but I'm not the, Hey, you know, this is what's going to happen. We're going to do it. And, and it's, that's just it. That's just not the type of person that I am. When I decide that I'm going to do something, I find a bunch of reasons to do it. And then I find a bunch of reasons not to do it. And then I just kind of mull it over. And then as soon as I find an excuse not to do it, or I find something that I think may be better then that's when I go to. So um, I've just kind of always bounced around so much that I use that as an excuse um, because one of the key components to weight loss, I believe, is consistency. Um, and that's one of the things that Dan and, and Alberto and a bunch of you guys have, have kind of preached at me or to me, um, rather, since I've been in the group. Like, you have to be consistent. You have to do the day in and day out crap. You have to drink, you know, plenty of salt water. You have to get your electrolytes in. You've got to take, take your supplements. Um, you know, get in, get in the red meat, stuff like that. The things that you have to do day in and day out, that's where the success comes from. Um, does it feel good to put two hours in, in the gym or to hike to the gym and or work to the gym and, and work out and then work back? Heck yeah, it feels good. And I love it. And I feel great afterwards. But you know, when I really feel good is when I crush that workout and then I come back and I eat a steak and I think, Hmm, you know, this is going to get me one step closer to where I really know that I want to be. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it. So tell us a little bit about, um, especially now that you're doing this carnivore challenge, uh, kind of recount for us the last day or two of, of what you've been eating and what you're, you're finding that you like besides the steak, because we, we know that you like the steak and well, who doesn't? Um, but sure. uh, yeah, go, go ahead and go through some of that. So if I was, if I was to give you guys like a, a favorite meal, um, it would, without a shadow of a doubt, if I couldn't say steak, it would be, um, so I have an air fryer. I do air fried boneless, skinless chicken thighs and I, I season them. And I think Brett knows about the seasoning. I think Chris, you've, you've used it a time or two too, is, um, 
slap your mama seasoning. Mm-hmm. It's a Cajun seasoning. And it is, there's like six ingredients. Um, and they're all keto friendly. There's no sugar or anything. Um, it's kind of a no BS seasoning. And it's good if you like Cajun stuff. And I love Cajun food. I love spice. Um, so I season it, season these um, chicken thighs up really, really liberally with the seasoning. And then I throw them in the air fryer uh, for about 20 minutes or so. And I'll just cook them until they're, you know, 165 or whatever it is. So that's, that's a, that's a good one. Um, now I'll tear up some chicken wings. Um, you know, I, I try not to do that too often. Um, because the, the, you know, the grease that they, they fry them in is, is, you know, inflammatory and, and not the best thing in the world. So I try to avoid that if I can. Um, I mean, I could probably try a little harder <laughs> cause I do love chicken wings. Um, but anyway, so, but as far as like a day to day, uh, eating, um, I'm, I'm big on breakfast food. So, uh, you know, this morning I had just bacon and eggs. Um, and that is, that is like the, the picture perfect keto meal. Like you throw some avocado on top of those eggs. Um, then, then you've got a, a heck of a meal. Um, and then, and then for lunch, I would do chicken thighs or, um, I've been killing the, the bunless baconators from Wendy's. Um, you know, that's a, that's a good go-to. I don't have five guys, uh, close by. If I did, I would be, that would be my jam. Um, I love some five guys, <clears throat> but, um, but I don't have that. So I just use Wendy's. Um, and, and when I'm riding the struggle bus and I like right now, I just, I just got laid off from my day job. So, um, my income is significantly decreased right now. Um, so right now I'm just living off of hamburger meat and, and eggs. Um, when in doubt, beef and eggs will, will get you through. Um, and, and there's so many different ways. Like I like to go to a cheese section in a, in a well-stocked grocery store and just load up on a bunch of different kinds of cheese, you know, um, smoked Gouda. I found a bacon Gouda, uh, habanero pepper Jack, you know, just a bunch of different, you know, crazy funky cheeses, um, that you wouldn't normally get and just do different things. Um, I was amazed at how good you put a pound of beef in a frying pan with, uh, a brick of cream cheese and, and half a cup of cheese and you let all that stuff cook and season it season it well. And it is really, really good. Um, it feels like you're eating hamburger helper just without the pasta. Um, and so it's, it's super, super good. So those are, those are kind of things that I'm, you know, that I really dig. Obviously the steak is, is, is one. And then, um, I tried, uh, the culinary lines, um, crust that, and that's not, that's not carnivore, but, um, when I was more keto, I tried this pizza crust and it worked really, really well, but I put way too much meat on the crust. And for me, um, it would be better if I had just done or just done just cheese, you know, just sauce and cheese and maybe pepperoni, but I got wild with the meat. I did all the salami and the pepperoni and the, you know, everything I could find ham and bacon and it was just super greasy. And so I, I got it out of the pan and it like, it was so greasy, it slipped and fell on the floor. Like half the pizza <laughs> fell on the floor <laughs> and it put, it put such a bad taste in my mouth guys that I was like, you know what? 
I don't even want this pizza crust. (laughs) 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 It wasn't even worth it, you know? So um, shout out to Frank. I'm going to give that another try. Um, But if I, you know, if I had a smoker, I would do, uh, do a lot more brisket, but it's, um, I, somebody sent me a recipe for a microwaved brisket. So I'm going to give that a try. See how that works out. (laughs) You know what? You know what? (laughs) This was all going fine and dandy. (laughs) (laughs) When Greg hears this, he's going to be like, Oh, triggered, you know, but, um, (laughs) but anyway, yeah. So I, uh, I mean, I think people in, in these, these kitchen groups, um, that I'm in, they always want to talk, you know, what's the, what's the most important appliance that you have in your kitchen? Honestly, the only thing you need for, for keto is, is a good, um, a good frying pan. That's all you need. I mean, it doesn't even have to be cast iron, uh, just a really good nonstick frying pan. Um, you can do it. You can sear a really good steak if it gets super hot. Um, you can do bacon and eggs, um, I love my air fryer now. Uh, now that I have it, I, I use it a ton, um, and it's super easy cleanup. Um, and it gets it gets to temp a lot faster than a regular like conventional oven does, which is a, another really cool thing. Um, but my next big purchase will be a a smoker. Um, I think I've decided on a Rectech, the new bullseye that they have. So um, or the or the um, the Green Mountain. Uh, the whatever the whatever the model is that Berto has, um, uh, Davy Crockett. Crockett, yeah, um, because it's just me, um, and and so I don't need anything, uh, I don't need anything too crazy. Um, I would like to have Wi-Fi, but you know I don't I don't have to. Uh, that's for that's for yuppies, I guess. So yeah, um, <laughs> no, Davy Crockett's got Wi-Fi. Yeah, so I um maybe I just need to get a charcoal grill or a or a stick burner and and just make that work for now um, until I can get something better. But yeah, I mean, the, the short answer is just bacon and eggs for breakfast or, or, you know, Steve Barron's carnivore waffles. That's a staple. Um, and then for lunch, uh, air fried chicken thighs or chicken wings or bunless burger, or, you know, just straight up hamburger meat with cream cheese and uh, shredded cheese. And that, that, uh, that usually gets me where I got to go. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, so let, let's, um, we're, we're going to start winding down here. It's, it's been good digging deep into all of this, uh, with you a little, a little more than what we've already talked about, you know, between us, uh, um, previously what, um, let's, let, let's close out with this last question. What, what's next? What what is it that you're looking for? What what is it that you're? Is there a specific goal that you're looking for? Or are you just looking at general optimizing health? What what's that looking like? Um, so for me, um, it's it's optimizing health. Um, I want to wake up in the morning and not say "ow" or you know not have to lay in bed every you know ex- an extra five minutes every day or you know, little things like that or not have knee pain or, um, growing pain, you know, things that people deal with every day because of the standard American diet and because of all the inflammatory foods that they eat. So that like optimizing health is, is the number one thing. Um, the number two thing is, um, finding a way to make this a sustainable lifestyle. Um, 
and what that looks like for me, because I think a lot of times, you know, people in, in this, this keto sphere, if you want to call it that they it's, it's a lot of people are shoving it down your throat, my way or the highway. And I don't think that's fair. Um, I think that that kind of gives us a bad rap, um, as a community. Um, and so I try to avoid that. And if, you know, like recently I had a guy send me a message and say, Hey, you know, tell me about this, this diet you're on. Um, and I said, Hey, I'm not really qualified to, you know, to teach you a lot. I said, you know, I'll share the basics with you, but I'm going to direct you to a couple of resources, um, where you can go because everybody has Facebook, you know, you can go here and just read the announcement section and just look at some of the transformation Tuesdays post and, you will see that this is not a gimmick. You know, this is not a fad. This isn't something you try for three months and, and then, and go back to where you were before. This is a lifestyle change. And, um, and so for me in this, you know, especially after I get done with this challenge, cause the goal right now is just weight loss. You know, I, I want optimal health, but ultimately if I'm being honest with myself and I'm being honest with you guys, I want to be lighter. Um, I want to be under 300 pounds because I haven't been there in six years. So, um, I, you know, I just want to, I just want to get healthier. Um, we'll see what that looks like. Like I said, I, I don't know what my, uh, you know, quote unquote goal weight is right now. Um, other than under 300 pounds, you know, there will probably be tears. Well, I don't, I mean, I don't have a weight. I mean, I don't have a scale now. Um, but there, I, I would imagine that there will be tears when I'm at 299, just because it's been so long. And because that's kind of been my, you know, some of the guys in the group will say they're, they're Achilles heel. Um, I've heard it put uh, that way before. So um, that's just kind of, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, that and just trying to figure out uh, just how much steak I can consume in a 24 hour period of time. So, um, you know, life is, life is good right now. Absolutely. And I think that what it's, it's, Important to, to identify or, or, or um, point out that at the weight and, and the condition that you're in currently, losing weight is absolutely a part of being healthy because there's only so much that our bodies are designed to carry around with us. And so when you're extremely heavy, you are damaging the rest of your body or making it that much harder for it to maintain its overall health. So I think losing weight is absolutely part of that. But the way that you pursue that, and this is your mindset, and, and I, 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 you know, I want to encourage anybody else to, to think of it, is the weight will happen if you line up the other things. If you work on uh, consuming the right foods that fuel your body in the right way. Uh, and, uh, it, enough of the food. We, I saw a comment in our beginners group and the guy's like, I lost 35 pounds, but I got the calories down to 600 pounds and I stopped losing weight. And I going 600 calories. What did you drink? Water all day, every day, you know, that, right. that, that, that crazy, you know, that crazy low calorie caloric deficit that can do just as much harm as it can try to do good. If you're not fasting completely doing a low caloric you know, uh, diet is just not, not the best way. Um, and, and so your mindset of seeking health by properly fueling your body will almost by default 
in 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 the end result in you losing weight. And so I, I'm I'm certain that that will happen on its own. And so I, I appreciate that answer. Uh, so that's it for for us. I checked with the other guys, and we, we uh, you, you've done an awesome job of, of filling us in and sharing your story. Uh, is there anything else that you want to, to point out before we close things down? Uh, no, guys. Um, again, I just want to shout out the three of you. Um, I, you know, you guys do a really, really good job of, you know, moderating the group and and filtering who comes in and who goes out, um, or who comes in and who doesn't. Uh, you know, so I just want to, you know, thank you guys first of all. Um, but for the most part, you know, I think we covered everything. Like I said, I, I have a big mouth. I don't mind talking. Um, and, and there's been times where I, you know, have been accused of, um, get this oversharing. I know, mm-hmm. hard to believe, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I try not to, I try not to do any of that. Uh, try not to get too off topic. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, thank you guys for letting me come on, uh, giving me an opportunity to, to share my story, um, that I may not otherwise have. Um, and, and uh, maybe this is, uh, you know, this is to be continued. You know, maybe we'll chat again and, and maybe the next time we chat, I'll be on the other side of this challenge and the other side of 300 pounds. And, uh, and then, you know, the sky's the limit from there. Absolutely. Any other parting shots, Jim Alberto? No, sir. Awesome discussion as always. As always. Absolutely. Okay. Well, um, let's go through some of the, 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 the business of, the podcast real quick. Um, just a reminder, you can find all of our links, social groups, the um, Facebook page, all of that uh, by going to theketomansclub.com. And uh, so we encourage you to uh, check that out and uh, get, get all the links. Our socials uh, links there for, for Jim Alberto and I is there. The, the social link for our Instagram channel. Uh, Keto Man's Club podcast uh, is there as well. Um, so you can do that. You can uh, leave us a voicemail if you'd like. That number is 512-518-6161. And, the, um, and then you can email us at Keto Man's Club podcast at gmail.com. So you've got a lot of different ways to get in contact with us. We love to hear from our listeners and, and our group members and, and uh, hear from you what, what you're experiencing. And, and so please uh, reach out and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so that's pretty much it. Uh, until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Would you help us spread the word about the Keto Man's Club by sharing with your friends and family? We're available on all podcast platforms, so just search for Keto Man's Club and you'll find us. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. Our web address leads to our Facebook group, theketomansclub.com. That's T-H-E-K-E-T-O. M-A-N-S-C-L-U-B dot com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Keto Man's Club Podcast. Lastly, if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out via email to Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for joining us today, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.